Welcome to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Thank you for joining us back on Teaching Tax Flow, the podcast. Today, we got another fantastic episode where we're going to dive into research and development credits. You heard me right, R&D credits. But before we do that, let's just take a brief minute and hear from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Strategic Associates. If you are a high-income earner, real estate investor, or successful entrepreneur with $75,000 or more of annual tax liability, Strategic Associates can help. Your first step to saving thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, is to contact Roger Roundy at roger at strategicag.net or 801-641-2956 and be sure to tell them TTF sent you. Welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, episode 24. Once again, I'm going to say it, great topic. Um, we actually have back with us the ladies from Engineered Tax Services. So we have Stacy Giroux and Heidi Henderson. But before I hand it over to them, Chris, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, John, thanks for thinking for me. I am great. I'm so excited. Back by popular demand, we have this brain trust with us today. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and we got so excited about it again, we forgot to introduce ourselves. So if you if you don't know, we're going to now, now we'll take take the mic back a little bit. John Trapalski from the Teaching Tax Flow team, as well as Chris Pecure, our, our brainchild behind Teaching Tax Flow. So enough about us. I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it. Um, we do have our topic today, which is research and development credits. So let, let's talk, let's hand it over to you ladies. First off again, thank you for, for joining us back. I, I know me and this, this guy next to me sometimes harass each other a little bit. So we'll be kind to each other. So how are you guys doing today? Good. We're great. Um, happy to be back again. And, and the two of you are very entertaining. So yeah, oh my gosh. Well, we practice comedy, but we're not really good at it. So we're stuck here on a podcast. Before jumping into details, give us actually the the definition or, or just define for us on a high level, what exactly is this so-called research and development credit? Um, so the research and development credit, it, it at its core, it's actually a wage-based credit. And the idea behind it is to encourage, uh, you know, U.S.-based companies to hire domestically and to be be innovative on an ongoing basis so that we continue to be competitive with with the world stage on a broader sense. Um, and, and really, that's that's the simplest simplest way to look at it. There were, and, and so R&D to me, and again, I'm, I'm not in this space every single day like you guys are. So anytime I hear R&D, I think of either engineering, which ironically, techs, engineered services. Um, so yeah. engineering, we're like in a med lab somewhere so, <laughs> so as far as for the, those types of industries what would what would we i should say what are we confined to so we're really not confined to anything actually um you know there, there's a four-part test that you're looking at when you want to find out if something is going to to qualify for r d um is it a permitted purpose so has you know has something new been created has has there been once again that that word of innovation and you can be innovative with anything really it doesn't have to be technology pharmaceuticals you know the the obvious low-hanging fruit um industries and then they have to go into it not knowing for sure what's going to happen so there, there has to be some sense of, of risk 
taking going into this. So the, the costs that they are incurring, they could come out on the other end and it not turn out well. Um, you know, even if they're relatively, you know, you know, sure of themselves, we've done things like this before and we're going to take it on, there still has to be some risk. And that's where you're coming into that idea too of multiple iterations. So you have to have some some attempts and some failures going into this. It can't just be, you know, you walk out, you, you know, plug something into the, you know, the machinery out on your floor, it pops out, it's perfect, and you're all set. Um, th there really needs to be some, you know, some additional attempts. And then you are looking at it as hard science, though, too. So something that's technological or scientific in nature. But once again, that can be, you know, that, that could apply to any industry, especially, you know, when you look at our lives these days, everything. You could have R&D on a farm. Mm -hmm. that now, that's actually a great example because that's, I know that's actually industry or an industry um, that I'm surrounded with by our primary residents that, that really takes place. And those that are innovative in that space, some of them do very well. Some of them kind of get on the verge of giving away the farm, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but it's so like a bad example, which would absolutely not qualify one bit for, for this credit would be, hey, I'm a marketing agency and I'm, I want a credit because I decided to start drinking coffee backwards on one leg on Tuesdays. And now I want a credit for this because it impacted the way that my mornings go. Like completely ridiculous stuff. I'm sure people try to skirt through. Well, yeah, you know, hey, we, we came up with, you know, the, the best way to have the most efficient meetings or, <laughs> right. you know, we, 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 you know, drawing a cartoon and then printing it, screen printing that on a T-shirt. Those sort of things are not going to qualify. But some areas, you know, I'll give you a, a real world example that I think it's the first time it really kind of opened my eyes to, to the different scenarios that it could apply to. I had a client and they were a high end cabinet maker. And they had developed a, uh, a software to use with their ordering system because, once again, high-end cabinet maker delivering to custom homes all around the world. And they had, their, their ordering SKUs were, it was ridiculous. It was, you know, it was bigger than what the Yellow Pages used to be when you get that and, you know, flatten things out with it. And so they, they created this technology to streamline that so that people could order online. So our initial thought was, hey, this is where the, the R&D credit is, right? It's a software. And so took the R&D you know, expert in there. We're sitting down. And yes, granted, there was definitely hours of work and time that had gone into creating this. It was going to qualify for R&D. Nothing huge, but it was going to qualify. Well, as we're leaving these, you know, these cabinet maker, you know, woodworking geeky guys, right, that are so excited about their new line of samples, stop to show them to us and they just have board after board of all their new samples with all the different finishes with all the different colors and you could see the R&D expert his little gerbil starting to run in his head and he's getting excited because he's asking well, how many times did it take you to get this finish oh I, you know, I, I, I used this tool and then I had to go back and you know start over with this and then I then I had to get sand involved and then I had and he's going through all of these different trial you know areas of trial and error and the rd specialist said this this is where all your rd is on these boards right here it's all your samples for your new line it's interesting when you start to peel back on the onion right well mm -hmm. i would say we have a client in our private cpa practice that's a marketing agency um that has developed 
a, something proprietary that they get an R&D credit every year. And um, the one thing is that I'm really excited to continue to work with um, engineer tax services is that you mentioned it, John, but they, they marry the science of engineering and principles of tax and accounting together. So it's, it could be a beautiful marriage. And even though accountants, CPAs and engineers usually don't, don't get to get, don't get along very well. So, um, couple of questions, Stacey, on my end, um, that a lot of people might not, you know, eligibility, we understand those tests, but, um, when you say wage-based credit, does, does someone have to be a, earning W-2 wages to qualify for that expenditure or can they be a subcontractor? You can have subcontractors as well. Um, it, you know, obviously they want people to be W-2, so that that is where the credit is going to have the most impact. But yes, any contractors, as long as they're domestically based. So if you're hiring contractors in the Philippines or Costa Rica or you know all the places that come up, that's not going to count. Exactly, and that's something that that a lot of time you know app developers and that sort of stuff run into that where where the labor's overseas and. Uh, but it's really, we talk about one of the three laws of teaching tax flow is that, uh, tax agencies are your involuntary business partner. They're encouraging and discouraging behavior. They are right. encouraging this credit encourages domestic companies to use domestic labor, to be creative and, and, and evolve. So here's and, a question that complicated for both of you. So I just, I just thought of this one and this, so this happened, this happens a lot in, in my world and has, right? So say you're, say you're working on a project, regardless of what the project is, you hire a, we'll just call it a development company. And that company is US-based, but they contract out all of their work offshore. So does that complicate things or does that completely throw everything out of the water? Like how far do you drill down as far as for who those employees are? I know I have had this come up once. I'm going to tap Heidi in on that one because I, I've only had that come up one other time and I, I know it did throw a wrinkle into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if, if that's a really good question, we can still qualify that if the entity is U S based, they're paying taxes in the U S we're treating them just simply as a contractor. So direct employees or direct individuals paid as 1099s. If it's a company, we're looking for the company being based in the U S. Um, but but the other interesting thing is even for individuals who are working in the U.S., if they do work offshore and they're doing projects offshore and they travel, say, to Europe for certain projects, we actually have to exclude all of that time, even though they're usually based in the U.S. We're actually extrapolating that as well. That's where time, I mean, for a lot of these companies, time tracking and location is so important. And it's, you know, as a CPA, CPA when we work on a tax return, it, the tax return itself doesn't, we don't have to identify where someone worked. I mean, there's some nexus issues with states and local not to get the weeds there, but um, that's why you need to work with a company like Engineer just because they, it's beyond in, you know, it's beyond the scope of, of a practicing CPA, even if they're in a, a specific industry niche, I really think that you should be working with someone specifically in that, on that credit. Um, and I think a lot, a big misconception, maybe Stacey, you could touch on this as far as the ideal of business owner, um, you know, the tax credits, not just for Amazon. And I know they've, we've had the secure 2.0 act kind of chip away at them and all that'll be another podcast one day. And <laughs> we'll keep our opinions to ourselves over here right for now. Uh, but, um, uh, but anyway, you know, 
what what type of business? So it, th this credit's not just for the Amazons, the Googles. Um, it's for it's for a lot of Main Street USA business owners, I believe. It is definitely is. So I mean, businesses of any size, and even startups. So there, there are opportunities for startups, even though they don't have revenue. So you know, the immediate idea would be, well, there's nothing to apply a credit to, but they can put that back toward payroll taxes. And so the the IRA actually has increased that as well. So mm -hmm. And I'm if you have I'm gonna... three employees and they're all engineers. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we Stacy cut out for a quick second, but I think that one of the things that we're uh, Sorry. talking about is eligibility and. Um, you know, this isn't just for big companies. This isn't just for employees. We'd like to see the person be an employee, but it's U.S.-based labor. Uh, and it also, um, it it's something that not only a, a business, but a person can obtain. Um, you know, that credit, there, there's, I'm going to ask, ask Heidi this, because we talked about this on the previous podcast. Uh, talking about statute of limitations, we, you might run into a taxpayer that says, golly, I've been doing these activities to... You know, in 2020, COVID hit. I started working at home. I uh, maybe I started brewing my own beer, and it just blew up or something, right? Could someone go back to 2020 and 2021 and grab those credits? Yeah, yeah, Chris, exactly. It's it's bound same by the statute of limitations, where we can go back three years to activity that they did. We see this a lot with taxpayers who, who just to your example, they do some startup. They have some brainchild light bulb idea. And they kind of start working on it. And the last thing that they thought about was an RD credit. They didn't even know if the idea would work. It was pre-market. It was pre-manufacturer, whatever. Um, so they have no idea. So yes, we can look back three years to still retroactively be able to capture that. One thing I'll tell you is a lot of times in these startups, these people, they don't pay themselves. So that's one thing is we'll usually say is sometimes educating someone in a startup company can be helpful in, in saying, look, even if you're putting guaranteed payments in there that you're not paying yourself yet, maybe you're accruing payables. The money isn't there for them to pay you, but eventually someday it will be able to pay you that stuff that's just sort of accruing. Those will actually be reflecting in the entity to be able to accrue some of the applicable credits because that's the one caveat is that some of these startup companies they do everything they can to not spend any money because they don't have any money. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but the R&D credit is a percentage of their costs. So we always kind of weigh that. That is a great point. And when you start diving in, in for many of our clients and the R&D credit is really part of their budget, part of, because they're part of their expectation and their tax planning. And, and for some clients, we've actually done some research and, and pivoted on entity selection. Um, uh, because I know there's a, there's a profitability component as well. So it's, yeah. It well, and Chris, to that point, uh, since you bring that up really quick, that's one thing is yes, there are instances where being a C corp is helpful, but when it comes to things like incentives or depreciation or tax credits, like the R and D, it can be difficult because the, those credits will come out of a C corp. They get stuck there at the corporate level. Most companies don't pay tax at the corporate level. They're going to push everything out to distributions. So if you're in an LLC or a partnership or a S corp, those then push down to the owners personally. So if you get a $5,000 tax credit, 
that's going to come down from your company to the owner. And that owner is essentially going to get a $5,000 check against what he would have owed um, on his personal tax return. So yes, entity selection is always a, a, a great thing to consider. It is. And those credits will, you know, not to get too technical, but they're going to flow through on a K-1 form. Um, but I would say is, is uh, if you are a business owner, if you are cr creating something and you think you might even potentially qualify for the R&D, get, get engineer tax services involved as early as possible. They might, you might talk to them and they might say, you know what, you're on the right path at this point, you, you know, if they're, the credit's not there for you or it's not, it, the cost benefit's not there, but um, don't be the person that's, I, I've seen it where, oh, I could have qualified for six, the last six years. Good news, I can go back three years and amend returns, but I left left money on the table. So, um, Stacy, anything to add as far as someone that, something we should be looking out for and, and before we ask you how to, how the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I agree with you on that point of, you know, not making assumptions, um, but I would throw out something else that, you know, can, can be overlooked. I mean, it, it's a federal tax credit, but a lot of states have some very lucrative R&D credits as well. Um, you know, Tennessee, where I am located, does not happen to be one of them, unfortunately. Um, but Utah, um, you know, you mentioned Roger at the beginning of the of the podcast. Um, in, in Utah, you're basically doubling your tax credit um, on the R&D. So, you know, it's kind of a location, location thing on on those sort of items. And you really want to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're taking full advantage of all of those opportunities. Well, I appreciate it. Um, Stacy. you're going to go on the hot seat this time, though, for <laughs> special <laughs> guest rapid fire questions. And then okay. we're going to make sure that that uh, we get everyone the way to uh, the best way to get a hold of you. All right. Are you ready for some fun? Sure. All right. What's your favorite type of vehicle? Favorite type of vehicle? Um, anything that goes fast. All right. And what color? Uh, like gunmetal gray. Your favorite? I like it. your favorite vacation spot. Italy. Ooh. All right. Favorite cereal? Um, oatmeal. <laughs> We have the healthiest guests ever. So, uh, these ladies are very impressive. Um, all right, that's cool. I, w I wish I liked. I wish I didn't like Golden Grams. Uh, all right. <laughs> Favorite store to shop at? Uh, Whimsy in Park City. Oh. And final question: Ideal weekend. Um, ideal weekend would be. Um, Probably hanging out with my family, either if it's, you know, a three day, if there's a possibility to take a trip somewhere, do some exploring. Um, everyone in my family enjoys food a lot, right down to my nine-year-old who asks me to bring escargot home for him. Oh. So <laughs> we, we, we like to go out and kind of do the, um, you know, the food hopping um, in, in locations. So stop in and get an appetizer, stop in somewhere else and get something to eat and just kind of make our way through eating a new town. That's fine. Yeah. We, my wife and I liked to, if we don't have the kids with us, we went to Savannah about a year and a half ago and we didn't eat a meal, but we ate like eat appetizers. We would just bounce around at different places, walking and getting an appetizer at different places. So, um, finally, um, 
best way to get a hold of you so we can make sure that um, Teaching Taxable Community, hopefully they're going to see you in the Defeating Taxes private Facebook group, obviously, but best way to get a hold of you. You know, it's, uh, so there's there's email. It's uh, sderu, D-E-R-U, at engineeredtaxservices.com. Um, if anybody wants to connect to me on LinkedIn, they're more than welcome to. Stacy Daru, I'm kind of like Tigger. I'm the only one out there, so it's <laughs> to find me. <laughs> Not a common name. <laughs> and uh, they're also welcome. Anybody's welcome to um, give me a call as well. It's 801-558-4906. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us again back. I mean, obviously, we couldn't have been too wild for you because you literally came back and dealt with us again. Um, but you know, we, we really appreciate your time, your insight into this as well. I mean, this is something that, again, a lot of people may not know what it is. If they do, they may, I wouldn't say have incorrect information, but they may not have all of the information. So it's it's a fantastic topic. I'm glad we dove into it. Um, again, if anybody has any specific questions on this, please feel re or please feel free to reach out to them um, or drop it into the um, the Feeding Taxes Facebook page. Um, feel free. So yep. we all, we always welcome those questions, comments, and, and we'll have everyone's contact information one more time. Thanks again for Strategic Associates, and everyone have an awesome rest of the day oh rate review subscribe five stars tell everyone how much they love john trapolsky i was wrong oh, i love it i love now you're giving me a big head you, you may you may have the bald head but i'm getting the big one now but <laughs> thank you everybody for for joining in once again thank you ladies as always yeah and we will see everybody next week take care hey everybody john trapolsky here obviously co-host of this podcast as well as the vice president of marketing at teaching tax flow just wanted to take a quick second and thank you for joining us here on this show. We love doing it. A couple things I wanted to drop at the end of this episode for you. First off, a huge thanks. We've done this for almost six months. That's half a year. That's half the distance between one tax day and another, to put it in perspective. Um, episode 24, we've been rocking these out for a while. Um, a couple things you can do to help us out. So wherever you listen to this podcast, please go on there and leave a review, leave a rating, um, I know on some of them, you can't actually leave a, a descriptive rating, but you can leave five stars and only five stars, wink, wink. Um, but we'd also love to hear from you if you have any guests, um, any friends, any colleagues that might be a great guest on the show. We'd love to hear it. Um, also, if you have any content ideas, any topics you'd love to hear us discuss, shoot them on over. Hello at teachingtaxflow.com. Um, also, feel free to hop on to defeatingtaxes.com. It'll send you directly to our private Facebook group. I know we always mention it. We've actually grown that group from zero just a couple months ago, um, and people are flowing in every day. So hop on there, start a new conversation, ask those questions, chime in on a conversation that's already taking place. Maybe you know the answer to of, of a question somebody else has asked, but really lift up all the other members. So we're, we're in this together. It's a team effort as we take on the tax man. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This means a lot to us. Obviously, we absolutely love doing these shows. Um, and you're a big part of it. So thank you from everybody here at the Teaching Tax Flow team, and we will see you soon.